Hello, and welcome back to We Are the Weirdos, Mister, the podcast for all things cult, camp, queer, and creepy. I'm your host, Hilary Michelle Post, and I'm joined by my dear sweet Heather. Hi, Heather. Hey. How are you today? I am good. I got a snow day, so I didn't have to go to work, which is nice. That's nice. I hope everyone can hear my cat hissing in the background if my cats are fighting. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you got a snow day. I'm, I feel bad that it's so awful up there right now. Everyone I love is in Ohio, and they're all buried in snow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband is currently out plowing snow while I sit here. Oh, what a trooper. Well, today we will be talking about the latest screen film. Um, and full spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen it yet, be wary. If you don't care about spoilers, then keep on trucking. Um, Heather got to see it opening night on Thursday when they were doing the Thursday night previews. And I saw it the following day. Um, were there many people in your theater? Um, yeah, I went at seven on Thursday. It, I mean, I hadn't been to the movie since early, early 2020. So it felt packed to me, but everyone was very spaced out. So there were enough people for me to be comfortable around people, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I've been to the theater a couple times during the pandemic. So this wasn't like my first outing, but it was one of the very few that I was really sad that they weren't doing a streaming option. Cause if they had done streaming option, I would have done that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were only maybe like 15, 20 people in our theater. We saw it at four o'clock. So it was a weird time of day, I guess. Um, I was hoping that there'd be more people like me that were there that were like really pumped about it, but everyone just kind of seemed to me. I was like, no, it's a new screen movie. Be excited. <laughs> I saw one girl there in like awesome big old clunky goth boots. I'm like, that's my people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is the fifth entry in the Scream series. Um, It marks the 25th anniversary of the first film, which is crazy to say, because it does not feel like that long ago. Right. Um, And it's also coming out about 11 years since the previous installment. Um, this is the first film of the series to not be directed by Wes Craven, who sadly passed away in 2015. Uh, the film is dedicated to him um, and also features a character named Wes, named after the late filmmaker. So that was sweet. Um, in Wes's place, our co-directors Matt Bedinelli Alpin and Tyler Gillette. I don't know if I pronounced either of those correctly, uh, but they are also the directors of Ready or Not which we did an episode about on the show a couple years ago. Um, and I didn't, didn't even realize that until after I went to see it, that it was those guys. So that's kind of cool. Um, you've seen Ready or Not. I watched Ready or Not with you, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Know. I love Ready or Not. It's good. Fuck. Samara Weaving from Ready or Not, they tried to get her to be in this movie, but she couldn't because of scheduling conflicts, which is a bummer because I love her. I do, too. Cool. Um. This new film is just titled, just titled Scream, which I'm not a fan of, I'm going to admit. I think it should have just been Scream 5. It's too confusing. It's not, it's kind of a requel, reboot sequel, but not enough so for it to warrant just being called Scream. 
especially when you consider like it could have been like the number five cream <laughs> so it looked like scream they could have made the the v shape and the m be like a numerical five there's so many things they could have done with it and they didn't and i feel like it was a missed opportunity yeah, I feel like what they're trying to do is kind of rebrand it for a new group of teenagers so that, you know, Nev and Courtney and can cannot anymore. Did you feel yeah. that way? Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's what will happen. So it a, a I guess it makes sense to not call it Scream 5 to try to rebrand it. I'm just I'm just old and crotchety and not a fan. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, so the film made more than like double its budget on opening weekend, which is not too shabby. Right. Um, and you and I, we have uh, two very different relationships with the screen franchise. You saw all of them within the past, what, week? <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when I was like, because this movie came out when I was like seven or eight. And I remember watching that first part with Drew Barrymore and being so scared that I was like, nope, nope, nope. And I never revisited it. And then I was like, you know what? I want to watch all these. And literally last weekend, we sat down and watched all four of them. <laughs> I had a similar similar experience with the first one when it when I was little. I remember my dad lived at this really creepy old farmhouse with like a creepy upstairs and he was I mean he was a dad so he wasn't paying attention so I would have been like 10 maybe and I was like I'm gonna write scream and he's like sure whatever <laughs> um but my stepmom hates scary movies so I had to watch it by myself upstairs so I'm upstairs in this creepy ass house and I get through to the part where Drew Barrymore's boyfriend's guts fall out and I'm like nope <laughs> just clicked it off went downstairs I was like no can't do it and I didn't revisit it again until middle school um, but then after that, my friends and I would have slumber parties every time there was a new scream and we'd watch them together. And I've loved all the scream movies forever. Um, I love how meta they are. I think they're really funny. Um, mm -hmm. they're very self-aware, very self-aware, especially not all of them have been written by Kevin Williamson, but he wrote the, the, the first one and, but maybe did he write the second one? I don't know. Kevin Williamson just has is a gay man and he has a very queer sensibility. So there's something just like comforting and queer friendly about these movies without them being overt. Um, which is another reason why it's on this show because yeah, it's creepy, but also kind of gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so instead of going through like a whole breakdown of the plot, like we usually do all of these movies. And I mean this in the best way possible have basically the same story beats. Oh, so yeah. it seems silly to just go through the plot because we know what happens in these movies. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought we'd talk about the characters for a little bit first. Um, we have our returning characters. Sidney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, um, who looks amazing. I think oh, she yeah. looks great. Um, we learn she's married to Mark, Patrick De Patrick Dempsey's character from Scream 3. So that's what happened oh, to Mark. I didn't realize that's who Mark was. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. I remember when last week when Heather was watching all of them, she texted me. She's like, Patrick Dempsey isn't. Patrick Dempsey's the killer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it goes with the, you know, the, what is the word I want, the, the formula that they use. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, she, her and Mark have a couple kids that we never see. We just see a stroller, but she has kids. Um, she's not in the movie a whole lot, but it works. Um, and that was I, enough reason to make me think that they're trying to rebrand it. She was in like the second half of the movie, if that. Right. I mean, I liked her in the movie and she could have been in the movie more, but I mean, I think that's elder millennial Heather saying that. <laughs> right. Um, we also have Gail Weathers played by Courtney Cox. Um, she doesn't look as great. <laughs> Awful. I hate saying that. Not to like shit on women because I don't care what they do to their face. But I've been rewatching Friends here lately and to have young Courtney Cox so fresh in my mind seeing current Courtney Cox is like, whoo, what would you do? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just her mouth. She just did something funky to her lips. Yes, yes. It, it doesn't move like mouths do. Right. It's kind of got a little fish action going on. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I love you, Courtney Cox. <laughs> I hope she's not a weekly listener. Yeah. Um, so we learned that she now hosts a morning talk show and she and Dewey are divorced, which is sad. Um, but poor Dewey, Dewey Riley played by David Arquette, who, by the way, has never looked hunkier. I think he looks oh, great. I completely agree. I, even mom was just like, Ooh, <laughs> I was like, it's cause he's scruffy. <laughs> it's cause he has like, all the scruff and he's all manly and gray and salt and peppery i dig it um but he is divorced and he has um been forced into retirement from the sheriff department which is sad um i had that was one of my gripes about the the just a story plot hole because we find out that he, he moved to new york with uh gail and it just didn't work out he didn't he couldn't he couldn't adapt to New York. And so they ended up splitting up. But that means, but then it says he was forced into retirement. So what did he do? He was a sheriff and then he quit being a sheriff and moved to New York and then moved back and became sheriff again. And then was forced into retirement over the last 11 years, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, when they just say he retired when he left and then he just didn't get a job when he came back because he missed her, but he also couldn't take New York. Why didn't they just, everyone right. understood that that could have been a sentence. Right, exactly. But they like made a point of saying that he was forced into retirement. I'm just like, that won't make enough sense. Whatever. Um, I poke too many holes in movies. I apologize. <laughs> right. Everyone's like, yeah, Hillary, we listen to the show. That's all you do. <laughs> That's the whole show. <laughs> um, this is really cute. I was reading trivia about this movie. Um, apparently, David Arquette is a certified Bob Ross painting instructor. Wow. And he taught several of the cast members how to paint. That is, wow. That is the cutest shit I've ever heard. Oh, David. <laughs> um, I also like the little tidbit where they showed Tatum's ashes on his mantle. I thought that was sweet. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah. 
it was blink if you blink and you'll miss it but i thought it was a nice touch um because i don't talk about Tatum very much considering is one of the main characters dead sisters um and then we have Judy Hicks, who returned from Scream 4, played by Marley Shelton. She is now the sheriff. I don't like Judy. Never liked yeah. Judy. I spend all of Scream 4, every time I watch it, just bitching about Judy. I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. And she's not really much better in this one. She's, like, so stupid. Yeah. She's, I don't know. Her character's just not... I didn't like her in 4 because I thought she was trying to you know, scam on some Dewey, which was not cool. Um, and this one, she's just kind of flaky. I don't know. I don't buy her as a as a sheriff. Marley Shelton is very cute and does a really good job playing her, but like, whatever, it's Judy. Um, I love her, and I, not because I hate her, but I loved her death. I thought it was shocking. Um, Scream's not afraid of doing kills in broad daylight but this was one of the most overt ones where it's like the middle of the suburbs in a front yard in front of anybody that could walk by and she's like no we're gonna fucking kill a bitch right here in the grass and i know she was like in mama bear mode but like did she not think that that could happen like why didn't she call for backup like and and how when she had her lights on and had been having her lights on through town did no one come out on their front porch like nobody oh right totally to help and- and she didn't even think enough. I mean, it's not like she's just an average person and thinks their child's in danger. No, she is a sheriff who could call for backup and then decides to be like, I'm going to run in my house. Be like, no, the killer's right there, you dumbass. Like, what? Well, that's the thing. She did call for backup and no one came. Oh, it's an inside job. <laughs> I know that I, that was one of my notes of my one of my complaints about this was the fact that like, she had to call for backup. And because not only do we get Judy's death, we get her son's death right afterwards. And like, it, the, the cops would have been there by then, just frankly. It just, it's very drawn out and it takes forever. But yeah, you're absolutely right. She should have been like not running full speed. She would have had her gun out. She would have yeah. had, well, it was a normal sheriff would, but this is Judy. <laughs> well, and Judy's son, uh, Wes. Dylan Manette, is that who that is? Mm-hmm. Why does he remind me of Logan Lerman? <laughs> I have that in my notes. I have poor man's Logan Lerman. Yes! Every time I see him, I'm like, that's not Logan Lerman, but it looks like Logan. <laughs> He's like great value, Logan Lerman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, one of our new characters, Wes Hicks, since we're, we're jumping around in the plot a little bit, but um, right after Judy gets killed, uh, Wes gets killed, and that scene takes forever. The buildup oh, for his yeah. death was excruciating. Like we but get I it. it. Did you? I yeah, I kind of like those like slow burns, real time. Like you don't know when it's the jump scare is going to happen. It's like not the music. It's kind of yeah. a little different. I like that. That's true. Because I, it was pretty silent too. It wasn't like the scary music where you kind of know and anticipate it. Yeah. I think all the kills in this one were like pretty hardcore for a screen movie. Didn't you feel like they were all a little more intense and grittier than most of the screams? Yeah. Yeah. His like the slow piercing of his neck. It was just like, oh God. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. There were a lot of neck stuff and I don't like that. There are a lot of neck kills and it really bothered me. 
But I don't think that this movie, like, the trailer was like, it's innovative horror, like, you've never seen. And I'm like, okay, whoa, like, calm down. It's not that. <laughs> like, right now. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't all. I mean, I still ha- can't decide. If someone gunned to my head and was like, did you like it? I guess I would say yes. But I still have so many nitpicky things about it that I can't, I can't get over. I, we'll get more into those nitpicky things as we go, but... That was, excuse me, Wes's death was one of them. I also just don't love Dylan Minnette that much. I think I just can't take him seriously because of 13 Reasons Why. That show is garbage. And, ugh. Did you ever watch that show? I watched, like, the first four episodes and then didn't finish it. I read the book. I actually taught the book one year, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that show is garbage. Um, and his hair. <laughs> He had like this weird like frosted tip thing going on. Is that back in style? Because I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not too. <laughs> um, so now we're moved on to new characters. So the first character we see in the movie is Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna, Jenna Ortega, who is the tiniest little person. She's so tiny. I want to put her in my pocket. Mom was like, how old is this child? And I looked up and she was like, she's 19. But she's so tiny. <laughs> she she looks in like the second season of You, I believe. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, she's so cute. Well, um, like one of my... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, no, no go ahead. Oh, one of my favorite parts was uh, in the beginning when like the uh, killer calls her. They have the typical scene, whatever. And they're like, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, actually, The Babadook. And then she goes on this, like, lecture about how (laughs) The Babadook is so good. And I also love The Babadook. So I was like, "Uh, this, like, 30-second rant is really lovely. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It was an interesting thing, the the dichotomy that they placed in this movie about elevated horror versus slashers. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is interesting because that is how a lot of young people view horror movies nowadays even though i don't necessarily agree i think slashers are able to um portray a lot of commentary that they did not more commentary than they're given credit for um but that was funny that and it's true to life that this whole generation would be jaded to this type of movie having a whole you know the babadook and um you know get get out and like all these movies that are like really quote-unquote i hate that term but elevated horror she also name drops it follows which by the way i hate that movie have you seen it follows yeah i didn't like it there was so much hype around it i was so sad that i didn't like it but i didn't yeah totally big disappointment um but yeah tara is the first intro like attack in the Scream franchise that who survives? She doesn't die. Um, she gets the, she gets the fuck stabbed out of her though. She's like, she's really <laughs> fucked up. It's really brutal. Um, she's a great scream queen. Like I buy it. She was really convincing in her fear. Um, the fact her house still has a landline little sus. I thought that too, <laughs> but okay, we'll go with it. Um, 
I want that whatever that app is that you can lock your doors. I want all that. Uh, that yeah. sounds great. <laughs> um, then we meet. We don't meet her right away, but we meet um, Sam Carpenter, who is Tara's older sister, played by Melissa Barrera. Now, Melissa was just in In the Heights, and I had my phone off in the movie theater, so I couldn't look her up. But I had just seen her in In the Heights, but couldn't place how I knew her. So the whole movie, I'm just like, how do I know you? How do I know you? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she's so beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Um, I that was another complaint I had just the little nitpicky things um, the age difference between Sam and Tara doesn't track because they say that um, they're like five years apart like when Tara was eight Samantha was 13 well if she spoiler alert we find out that Sam is Billy Loomis's illegitimate child. That would mean that she, at very, very youngest, would be 24. Which would mean, at the very youngest, Tara could only be 19. And she's still in high school. Well, maybe she had to repeat a year, Hillary. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't be judgy. Yeah, <laughs> she, don't be judgy. She was doing her victory lap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Sam's character is interesting. She's kind of posited as our new Sydney. Um, but we find out that she's Billy's illegitimate child and she takes medicine antipsychotics because she has visions of Billy. Um, and at first I was like, ah, this tonally, these visions of Billy don't really sync very well with Scream. But then I remembered that like in Scream 3, Sydney was seeing visions of her dead mom too. So I'm like, well, okay, maybe it's not that far out of left field. How did they do the visions? Did they do it with the guy and then like alter his like CGI his face to look younger? They did. did. That's exactly what they did, actually. Um okay. and though because <laughs> I follow Ski Ulrich on Instagram because he's yummy. Um <laughs> But just the other day, he posted pictures on set with um, Melissa, pictures of him and Melissa on set together, which I thought was because the flashbacks don't really mean anything. Like, they're not like a huge plot point. They just kind of happen. But I was surprised that Skeet, just a few days after the movie came out, was like, oh, yeah, I'm in this movie. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I would have been bummed if I had known that ahead of time. You know what I mean? I was like. Mm-hmm. You got those spoiler alerts there, Skeetle Rich. But yeah, they just de-aged his face. And he, even before they did the digital stuff, he still, once you shave him, he still looks pretty good. So Yeah, he did look really good. He looked different, but good. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew it wasn't like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We'll get more into the that whole storyline here in a bit um we also have sam's boyfriend richie kirsch played by jack quaid who i've come to find out is dennis quaid and meg ryan's son really yeah and once you know that when you see a smile you're like oh yeah that's a dennis quaid smile 
Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, even before we get to the, the ending, I didn't like Richie. I thought he was annoying. As a boyfriend, as a character, he was just annoying. <laughs> he was just in the way. Um, he was kind of humorous sometimes, but yeah, he was in the way. Yeah. Um, talked about Wes. And we have Chad and Mindy Meeks, the twins, played by um, Chad is played by Mason Gooding, who's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Mindy's played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. Um, she they, is also Yellow Jackets. Oh, is she? Yeah. And cool. I still love Yellow Jackets, so keep going. Sorry. Um, they are twins, and they are Randy's niece and nephew. Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy in the uh, the original Scream series. Um, with uh, Heather Matarazzo reprising her role as randy's sister i thought it was very funny that they have like a giant picture of randy on the mantle <laughs> that, that was very sweet yes <laughs> a little much but very sweet mm-hmm. um and mindy is gay which is awesome she's also gay in yellow jackets nice <laughs> i wonder if jasmine safoy brown's gay huh? um i don't know then there's chad's girlfriend Liv mckenzie Played by Sonia uh, Ben Amar. She is primarily a model, um, but she acts as well. I didn't love her performance. There's something very distracting about her. Um, her character was also really expendable and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is Amber Freeman, played by Mikey Madison. She's kind of touted as Tara's closest friend and also has epic gay vibes. She's her character's not gay, but like when I first saw her on the screen and she was like at the hospital, she was talking about Tara and then at the hospital with Tara and she's very protective. I was like, these bitches gay. <laughs> Turned out not to be the case, but meh. yeah. And then that's, there's a scene in the basement between Amber and Mindy that was very tense in front of the, in front of the refrigerator and I know it's supposed to be tense because it's kind of like, which one's the killer? But my gay ass was just like, ooh, make out. <laughs> so by the end, we find out that Amber and Richie are the killers. Um, I wasn't thrilled. I was kind of disappointed. I don't know what I was expecting. No, I know exactly what I was expecting. I wanted Stu Mocker to come back, and he didn't. And I was sad. <laughs> I didn't, but didn't he get his face, like, crushed in with the TV? I mean, how was he going to come back, Hill? I don't know, but I wanted him to. God damn it. Like, Sorry. They showed him. <laughs> oh, <was that> a... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you can survive a TV falling on you. It's just a TV. Who knows? They just, they had so much build up with, A, the fact that it was Stu's house. They showed that in the trailer, which I wish they hadn't, because that would have been a cooler reveal in the movie. Don't you think? Yeah. Because there's that great moment where it's just kind of like a Dutch angle, and Sydney's like, oh, fuck, I'm in Stu's house. 
that would have been a great reveal if had it not been in the fucking trailer. Um, but that was also a huge out for Amber because as soon as I realized that Amber lived in Stu's house and that didn't come up in conversation once the whole movie, I was like, oh, Amber's a killer. And I was right. Um, but yeah, I wanted Stu. I just love Stu. He's my favorite character. <laughs> I just wanted him to come back somehow. Um, I just object for one second. Um, Jasmine does identify as queer and a lesbian. Oh. FYI. Now we know. Now we know. Good job. She's also crazy hot. A lot of really hot people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like there was so much build up in how like the characters had to have a connection with the past. And Sam does. Don't even get me started on the fact of the whole Sam being Billy's daughter thing. I think that was stupid and heavy handed and kind of wedged in there. Um, but that's also because I think Billy and Stu were gay, but that's bad. Okay. Also, but like in this whole movie, like I don't understand, like in all of these movies, where the fuck their parents are. Like mom was on some trip. So then older sis came back to help, but mom never showed up. I mean, why couldn't mom have just been in the house? The killer kill her first. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why do we have to get rid of the parent problem? Like, yeah. mom never showed up when, like, her kid keeps getting attacked. Like, where was she? On the moon? Was she an astronaut? Did they say that? <laughs> they said she was in London, but, like, that's not the moon. Like, she could get home. Hours, isn't it? I mean, on a plane? Right. <laughs> Eight? I mean, how many days took place in this movie? <laughs> yeah, her, like, mom clearly does not give two shits that her kid almost got killed a couple times. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, She's like, fuck it. Lily Loomis's daughter, like I can't. It's fine. <laughs> I guess I'm done, but anyways. Um, I felt bad. Felt bad for Sam and her whole backstory of like, she found her mom's diaries, and why the fuck would you write in your diary that your kid is your illegitimate fucking kid, and then you keep those? Why would you keep those diaries? You're just begging to be found out. That's the dumbest shit. Ugh. Um. But Samantha finds her mom's diaries and finds out that she's her dad's not really her dad. And then she says something, and that's how her dad finds out. And then her dad leaves, and then she leaves, and it's just all blah blah blah. Um, and the whole time it was going on, I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> but like Heather said, they're setting it up for us to care about these characters because they're going to be the focus going forward, which is smart. But for people like me who even after f- five installments am hung up on the untold love story of Billy and Stu. I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Give me Gail Weathers and Dewey and Sydney. And that's what I want. <laughs> if you think about it, most of them don't die. So there could easily be a screen six or whatever they want to say it is with most of the teenage characters from this one. Yeah, totally. The only people that die are the killers and live. And everyone else in the main cast, and Dewey, Dewey dies, but everyone else of the main cast survives. Shockingly yeah. so. There's like eight people die in total in this movie, which isn't a lot if you think about it. Can we talk about the scene where, so they, I forget their names, what's Sam and what's Sam's boyfriend's name? Richie. 
So, okay, so Sam Richie go get Dewey. They're like, we need an expert. And he's like, no. And then he's like, okay, whatever, I'll help. So, um, Julie just texted me, shut the fuck up. So I have no idea what she's talking about. But anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Um, so they Dewey goes and they all get together with all the teenagers because Dewey's like, it's part of the friends group. So to be transparent, they all get together, the teenagers plus Dewey. And I just loved, that was my favorite scene because Dewey's like, what is happening with these children? <laughs> and like, then Mindy goes on this rant about, what does she call it? A requel or mm-hmm. something? And I, that's just my favorite scene in the movie because Dewey is hysterical in it. And I love that Dewey in this movie is not as big of a doofus as he is in the other like three and four movies. Yeah. Like, he's just always like, oh, derp, there's a bird. Like, he's just like, like that. <laughs> I mean, like, at the beginning of the second one, they're like, who's that guy over there? And he's, like, staring into outer space. They're like, oh, it's Dewey. I'm like, he's a damn police officer. <laughs> like, what the hell? But he's not as derpy in this one at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I agree. I like that scene a lot. I think. The only problem I really had with it was. I feel like the rule because all of the movies talk about the rules of horror films, right? I feel like that scene was a little heavy-handed, just to the point where even you have Liv that's just like, not to belabor the point, but, and then she like reiterates everything that was just said. I was like, we get it. You know what I mean? We At this point, I feel like at this point, they have to appreciate the fact that ruler, that watchers of the movies, movies are more savvy about the rules, so they don't have to lay it on as thick as like Scream 1 did. Does that well, make sense? I, yes, I. but I feel like they've done that in a way, like, in a satirical, like, almost funny, you know, way every movie. So I feel like this was just their, like, we're being very self-aware. This is what we're doing. Like, I thought that was, like, an intentional, like, annoyance, and I enjoyed it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You, I'm, I'm edu- like educated enough in horror films that you don't have to explain that to me but at the mm-hmm. same time i just think it's like meta and funny yeah it's true yeah it's one of those things of like it's a it's a small nitpick because there's so much about this movie that stays true to the rules of the franchise that there's even while i was trying to think of things that i didn't like about it I would even double back on myself and be like, well, you can't bitch about that because it was set up with X, Y, Z. That reminds me of The Dead Don't Die, which is an hysterical horror zombie movie um, with Adam Driver and and, and, uh, that one guy that I should know his name. um, Uh, Bill Murray? Yes, Bill Murray, yes. And and, um, even at one point they're like, oh, what song is this? Oh, this is the theme song. I don't know. I just like, I just like it. I appreciate meta moments like that too. Yeah. Um, speaking of referential stuff, I love that um, "Red Right Hand" by Nick Cave. That yeah. song made a return. That was really effective. Um. Oh yeah, there was a character I forgot to talk about. Fucking Kyle Gallner's character, who's I don't even remember his yeah. fucking name. Um. Yeah, what was about that? What was the point of that? I have no idea. Vince was just a red herring. Like, they show us Vince at the beginning, and you're like, oh, he seems skeevy. And then there's, like, one interaction with him. And then he gets killed. And we find out that he was um, someone's nephew. 
Fuck, he was? whose nephew was he? Yeah, he was someone's nephew. Shit, whose nephew was he? Hold. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's gonna bug me. So he had, yeah, so he meant nothing really, though. Not really. Billy. <laughs> Stu. He was Stu's nephew. Vince was Stu's nephew. Okay. I guess just to drive home the the idea that everyone a connection yeah um they wanted to have he was just there as a warm body <laughs> they was like we need to kill more people in this movie so i just killed him but that kill was really cool i liked it the with the shadow and the the headlights of the car and the song that was a good kill mm-hmm. um What else was I going to say? Um, do, 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 do. Oh, here is a little um, Easter egg that made me really happy. When Richie is, I think this is when it happened. When Richie is watching stuff about Stab 8 on YouTube, there's a recommended video that's an interview with Kirby from Scream 4. Oh. So Kirby survived Scream 4. I hope they bring Kirby back. I Kirby's my favorite character from Scream 4. I love her. And I love that she survived. That makes me so happy. Hayden's character? Yeah, Hayden Panettiere. Love her. I love her in Scream 4. I love when um, the shitty boyfriend like shows up at her house and she just keeps going. She's like, get out of my house! Why are you yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. She's my favorite. Um, um, every killer's every motivations, motivations in the whole series, in the whole series has, been has been either seeking fame or direct vengeance. And these two were seeking fame, which I buy, whatever. Um, but they built up so much, I feel like, in the plot that you thought it was going to be a vengeance thing. That you thought it was going to be because of some connection that someone has. And when it turned out not to be the case, and they were just, like, two crazies that met on Reddit, I think that's why I was let down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, is that why it was so innovative in the commercials? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit who meet each other in line all the time like what's not innovative right I mean it's basically the exact same motivation as the last of Scream 4 where it was just like we just want to be famous we're going to frame these people and then make us look yeah like stupid he was just sad that his two other Culkin brothers were more famous than him (laughs) (laughs) he was just sad he was too young for Home Alone <laughs> oh god that's awful i can't even remember his name what's his name there's macaulay and kiernan and then what rusty he's like an r <laughs> rory is it rory rory it's rory rusty <laughs> i knew it was an r <laughs> that's so funny um what other thoughts do we have about the film? What do you think? Uh, I hated that they finally got um, Dewey to be less 
dopey and then they killed him. But mm-hmm. I mean, that was the thing that brought Sydney back. Cause he's like, what? And it was kind of foreshadowed. Cause she was, he was like, whatever happens, don't come here. And she's like, Oh, don't worry. I won't. And then as soon as he died, I was like, Oh yeah, everyone's going to come there. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Dewey's death reminds me of another complaint that I have. I had the same complaint about scream. I know four. what say. And I thought it as soon as it happened, I was like, no, there's no way. Yeah. Keep going. So we're supposed to believe that this killer who can kill all these people, these relatively strong characters, that the majority of the kills had to have been performed by Amber, who is a tiny little girl. You expect me to believe that Amber... She flipped him in the air. She flipped him in the air. Yeah. Bullshit. I call bullshit. And it had to have been Amber because Richie was with Sam. Like... The same th- and the same thing goes for fucking Rusty and Emma Roberts. <laughs> like they were supposed to do a bunch of shit in Scream Four. There's no way th- they did. That's big. I would love to go back and like look at people's heights too, because I know she's in big be- boots too. But like, I feel like she was even taller than Dewey in that <laughs> in that scene when she's stabbing him. Yeah. She couldn't have been. I don't know. I always wonder, too, who they have when they film those. If they just have, like, generic scent guys, or if they, like, even make an attempt for it to be the right people. (laughs) I don't know. No, I don't think they make an attempt. They did not make an attempt. (laughs) It always looks like a very scrawny, six-foot man. (laughs) Yeah. And then it turns out to be, you know, Rory Culkin or Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. And you're just like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things of like, as a movie going experience, I thought it was fun. I'll definitely watch it again. I enjoyed it as much as any of the other movies, I suppose. Um, My new ranking of the movies goes from from favorite to least favorite is one, four. two five three maybe two and five i think two and five are like on the same level yeah i agree i can't decide if i like two or five more i did like two a lot oh wait a minute i there here's a catch of mine in two um joshua jackson is one of the students in a college um class like he's literally in there for like 30 seconds like maybe Mm -hmm. three minutes and then at some point in this movie they are watching um dawson's creek (laughs) Yeah, they were watching Dawson's Creek. I th- I think, and you hear Joshua Jackson's voice. <laughs> um, a lot of the crew. I've read this when I was doing research. A lot of the crew members who worked on this film also worked on Dawson's Creek. Oh, um, that was funny. And, he was in, and then <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Williamson, who wrote the original Scream and who was one of the producers on this film, I think he was the executive producer of Dawson's Creek. Oh. Which makes so much sense. Dawson Creek, I always thought, was so gay without being gay. And hey, that's why. Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> I watched it, yeah. The only, full disclosure, the only episodes of Dawson's Creek I've ever watched fully from beginning to end were the ones that Jensen Ackles was in. <laughs> I watched all of Dawson's Creek. I loved Dawson's Creek. I was way too young to watch Dawson's Creek, but I watched it. <laughs> watched it. 
watched the finale live. I was, yeah, I, while you were watching the Scream movies, I was binging Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Like, while you were watching the Scream movies, I was studying the blade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about about it. I like I said, gun to head. If someone asked me, I said I liked it, but I there's issues with it. It wasn't perfect. I think it's. I'm glad that it it's doing well. I'm happy when horror films do well at the box office. Um, oh, here's a pet peeve of mine: the fucking the official like Academy Awards Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's like a big movie that's relevant at the moment, they like to tweet about it and talk about it. And they were doing that with the screen movies. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Academy. You never give horror movies awards. Ever. Ever. So quit, like, trying yeah. to be the cool guys. It's just like, how you doing, fellow kids? It's like, shut up, Academy. You don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go here. <laughs> but so I'm happy I'm, that it was successful um, financially. I just don't know if it was successful in terms of what I, a Scream fan, wanted from it. So. Um, I'm really glad that you've watched all the screen movies recently and that you like them. Um, that was my biggest fear. I was afraid you're going to watch the first one and be like, that was dumb. (laughs) Cause then I'd have to kill you. (laughs) It's actually still kind of scary. Like, I don't know. We watched it late at night and it was still a little creepy. Oh, totally. Shit. I was just, I told Heather a little while ago in our group chat. I was just sitting here reading about Scream and a loud noise came from outside and it made me jump and scream like a little baby. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tense. It's it's your worst fear. Someone's going to come into your house and murk you. Oh, well. Any final thoughts? No, I, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, but granted, I haven't been invested in these movies as long as you have, but I mean, it was fine for a horror movie. It wasn't, you know, my favorite one of these, but I wasn't, I was entertained. It wasn't yeah. disappointing. Yeah, that's all we can ask. Make it worth the popcorn. Yeah, it was worth the um, going back to the movie theaters after two or so years. I'm glad that this is what popped your cherry. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> um. So thank you all for listening. Uh, if you click the Linktree link in the episode description, it will take you to all of our show's social media pages. Um, I was looking at them today and I was like, oh yeah, I have a Tumblr account for this podcast. I haven't updated it in a long time. <laughs> so feel free to go to our Tumblr. Not much there. Um, but I encourage you all to go follow on social media and get in touch with us. If you have any comments, questions, or requests or anything like that, you can message us on social media or you can email us at wearetheweirdospodcast at gmail.com. Also in the episode description, you will find a link that will take you to our support page where you can make a donation. You can make a one-time donation or a monthly patronage. Um, I would appreciate it a great deal. Uh, If you can't help us financially, you can help the show by... uh, sharing it on social media, get your friends and followers to to check us out. Um, You can review us on wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify has a new review feature. You can review us on 
iTunes, etc. Um, and a big thank you, as always, to my most loyal listeners who come back every episode. You know who you are, and I love you. And thank you again, Heather, for joining me. Yes, and um, just to clarify something from earlier in the pod, um, Julie is screaming about Ted Lasso to me. So if you wanted to know what she was screaming about. Is, <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much. And until next time, we are the weirdos, mister. <laughs>